بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد عن جرير بن عبد الله رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في حجة الوداع استنصت الناس ثم قال لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض متفق عليه continuing with the hadith the chapter we are dealing with, as we mentioned, this hadith pertains to the latter part of the heading, Istinsat al-Alim al-Wa'id Hadiri Majlisihi. When an alim, or one who is giving waz and nasihat, he requests those who are listening to him to be silent. In other words, to listen attentively to whatever is being said. Sufyan Sori, rahimahullah, it is mentioned about him that he said, that the road to acquiring knowledge has five stages. The first stage to, or first precondition, requirement or etiquette of acquiring knowledge is to listen attentively. The second is to keep quiet. In other words, listen in such a way that you don't engage in any other activity and you are silent. The third he mentioned is that whatever is being said to memorize it. In other words, to put it in your heart. The fourth road to acquiring knowledge or requirement is to practice upon what we said. And this is what we mentioned, or practice upon what you have learned. This is what we mentioned yesterday also. Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran also, الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنًا Today, unfortunately, many of us sit in the majlis of deen whilst we may be listening. The question is, are we listening with the intention to make amal? Are we listening with ihtiyaj, with, with this in our, heart, in our heart that we need whatever is being said? This is Allah's kalam. This is the kalam of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I am in need of this. And I have to implement this in our life, in my life. So the fourth thing he says that is to, the road to acquiring knowledge is to practice upon whatever is being said. And the fifth, being the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is no other Nabi to come. So when we sit in the majlis of deen, we must sit with the, listen attentively, sit with the intention of making amal, and sit with the intention of da'wat and tabligh. Sufyan Sawri rahimahullah says, that the fifth road to acquiring true knowledge, true knowledge is to propagate and to spread whatever knowledge we, we acquire. So coming back to this hadith, Jarir bin Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala who is the narrator of the hadith, and he says, قَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي حَجَّةِ الْوَدَعَ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said this to me on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada'a. Hajjatul Wada'a is the farewell pilgrimage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We find in interspersed amongst the wealth of ahadith, there are references to the final khutbah which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam delivered on the plains of Mina and Arafat. On the one hand, this khutbah was not lengthy. It was a concise khutbah. On the other hand, we find that particularly on the 11th after the revelation of Surah Nasr, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ 
Surah Nasr, another name that ulama Ikram have given Surah Nasr is Suratul Wada. That is the Surah of Farewell. In it, there was ishara indication given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the time of departure or the time of his demise had drew very near. This is why we find that in some riwayat he began the khutbah with the introduction in this manner that Asa Allah talqawni ba'da ami hadha that perhaps my companions after this year you will see me no more. So this was alwida, this was parting advices. And when it comes to parting advices, on the one hand, generally when someone is parting, he's going, he's addressing his beloved, these are the last, the final words. Obviously, ulama-i-kiram say the very usul and principles of deen are found in the advices that Rasulullah gave. The one hand concise, the other hand very, very relevant and important. These are principles of life. Whatever Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke of on the, in the Hajjatul Wada, one, each, each sentence can be weighed in gold and we should take to heart. It's like he loved us more than our parents. It's like your father or mother, they're on their deathbed. Sometimes they give you wasiyat, parting advices, they're about to leave the world. How you will take that to heart to a greater extent. The love which we have for Rasulullah and the devotion we have for him demands that particularly what Nabi Pak gave, the advices he gave us in the Hajjatul Wada, we should take that to heart. What further emphasizes for us this particular hadith, the importance of it, is that prior to this, to whatever advice Nabi Pakistan gave in this particular hadith, Jarir bin Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala says that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me, Istansitin nas, ask the people to be silent, ask them to pay attention. And then he said this. One is, it was already an occasion that Sahaba were going to take to heart whatever he said. And yet, over and above that, Allah's Rasul sallallahu instructs Jarir bin Abdullah, istansitin nas, silence the people. And it is from this expression in the beginning, istansitin nas, that Imam, because of this, that Imam Nawi rahimahullah mentions this particular hadith in this chapter. That when an alim or a Wa'iz, one who is delivering a talk of deen, ask the people to be silent and pay attention. This is not, some, not something we should get offended or upset about. This is in fact part of sunnah, part of deen. It is something that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa himself did. And as we've been mentioning the last few days, from this we learn the importance of adab and etiquette. A deen kulluha adab, our entire deen is adab and etiquette. And the least, I mentioned this a few times already, the least etiquette we can show the talks of deen is to be silent and to listen attentively with the niyat or with the, uh, with the intention of making amal. So what was this advice that Nabi Pak asked Jarir bin Abdullah to tell Sahaba be silent and then he said this to them. 
What did he say? He said, لا ترجعوا بعدي كفارا Oh my Sahaba, oh my Ummat, I am exhorting you that after I leave you. In other words, here again, Ba'di, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is enunciating the fact that this is Wada, this is Alwida, this is departure. After this, you won't, I won't be amongst you. So after I have left you and after I have departed, do not revert back to Kufr. Do not revert back to disbelief. This is literal translation. How, what does Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam equate with kufr, with going back to disbelief? Interestingly, in the earlier part of this khutbah, Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam already mentioned that shaitan has lost hope. The mafum or the crux of what he said, he said shaitan has lost hope in causing you people to revert back to idol worship. Sahaba, Prior to Islam, prior to the coming of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they were mushrik kafir. What type of kufr? They would worship idols. So such tawheed, such oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala used Rasul Ipaq sallallahu alayhi wasallam to introduce among sahaba kiram that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam places a seal on their iman, on their tawheed in the hajjatul wada. And he says that shaitan also has lost hope. He will not be able to take you back to idol worship. So what is the kufr that Rasulullah is referring to? When he says to Sahaba at the latter part of that khutbah that لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا that do not revert or do not return back to kufr after I have left you. يَضْرِبُ بَعْضُكُمْ رِقَابَ بَعْضُ Where one of you or some amongst you strike the neck of others amongst you. In other words, you start fighting with one another. And this fighting leads to killing of one another. Allah's Rasul said, do not return back to kufr by killing one another and by fighting with one another. The first thing which we, obviously in many, many other ahadith with similar content have discussed, that what is meant by this kufr? Does it mean that if the ummah starts fighting with one another or killing one another, that they have, na'uzubillah, literally become kafir. To this, ulama ikram explain, one explanation they say, that if one Muslim has to kill another and he considers that act of aggression to be permissible, he regards it, he regards the blood of another Muslim as halal, permissible for him, then in that instance, he will have become a kafir because he is going directly against Quran and Hadith. So if he regards it to be permissible, the other explanation ulama ikram give that when you will start fighting with one another, such behavior of a Muslim will eventually lead to kufr. And not only to kufr, it will lead to what we call mitatasu. It will lead to an evil death. A third explanation ulama ikram give of this, if you take this hadith literally, it means they say that don't behave like a kafir. Don't behave like the kuffar. The kuffar regard it as okay to kill one another and to attack one another. As a Muslim, it does not behave, behove you to behave in such a manner. Another explanation which ulama ikram give of this is that the Arabic word kafara, 
kaf fa ra literally another meaning of it is to be ungrateful in other words kufran and ni'mat to negate or to not appreciate the ni'mat the bounty of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what greater bounty can there be than the ni'mat of iman allah has blessed you with ni'mat of iman value the ni'mat of iman by valuing the dignity life and property of your fellow muslim if you will regard this as halal you will regard it as permissible to attack another muslim this is the height of ingratitude this is kufr literal kufr ingratitude for the great ni'mat and bounty of iman which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you unfortunately we find my respected brothers religious intolerance this inability of us when it's particularly when it comes to disputes or if we disagree with muslims on certain grounds in many instances we find that the level of intolerance leads towards strife leads towards disunity and in many instances leads to one group of muslims attacking and nauzubillah killing another group of muslims this is something that really hurt rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam if we study the seera and we study the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the extent he went to to preserve the unity of the ummah there were munafiqin there were people of kufr amongst them pretending to be muslims and islam some knew who they were yet he did not name them in his life why preserve the unity of the ummah this is something that was very very close to the heart of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we have to be very very careful keep this parting advice of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in front of us and never ever become the cause of discord of disunity of the ummah breaking up into different groups and factions have sabr have bardash have tolerance have allowance in the heart does not mean compromise the principles of deen but don't become one who starts fighting with others don't become one who sows the seed of discord and disunity keep this in front of us in his final hajj rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam exhorted his ummah la tarji'u ba'di kufara do not go back towards kufr by fighting with one another and by striking at one another lagi wasfiq subhanallah